I'm Luca Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the What up, what up? You are locked on the Dallas Mavericks. This is one of your co-hosts, Isaac Harris. I'm a contributor to Mavs.com. And today I'm not joined by Nick. I am actually joined by Nick DePala from ESPN.com. Uh, I'm not going to talk too much at the beginning because Nick and I the other day chatted about Luka and Jordan Brand and everything uh, that went on with Luka Doncic signing with Jordan Brand and his free agency in regards to shoes uh, because, man, shoe free agency is a thing in the league and it's super fun. I love shoes. Nick DiPaolo loves shoes. Luka Doncic loves shoes. Uh, and fans like hearing about that whole uh, situation. So I wanted to, we've been wanting to do a pod about uh, that whole situation for a while. I wanted to talk to the best in the business about it. And I reached out to Nick a while back and uh, yeah, made it happen. Super thankful for uh, Nick have taken time out to talk about this. Uh, it's a good, I mean, you see it in your uh, podcast feed right now. It's a good 35 to 40 minute podcast. So we literally spend 35 minutes talking about Luca, um, the shoe whole free agency, what other brands were pushing for Luca, uh, what brand he thinks that uh, Luca could have signed with if Jordan didn't make it happen, why the Nike family didn't want uh, Luca to get away. Uh, potential what it could look like in five years. And uh, man, we talk about a lot of things. Jimmy Butler's shoe free agency towards the end. Uh, get some personal favorite stuff from Nick DePala at the end as far as his favorite shoes and players around the league. But we focus a lot on Luca's shoe free agency, why he signed with Jordan, the family type atmosphere that Jordan brings, off the court perks of that deal, uh, kind of how the deal unfolded. The specifics of that deal, what a signature shoe is, what a player exclusive shoe is, everything with that. So if you had any questions of how Jordan signed with uh, Jordan, how uh, Lucas signed with Jordan Brand, how that situation unfolded, and just everything, you love shoes, you love Luca. This is your pod, Nick DePala, ESPN. He's the best in the business when it comes to shoes in the NBA. So I hope you enjoy it. Here you go. All right, I'm here with Nick DePala. I sat here, I kind of uh, introed you, talked about your kind of role with ESPN, but basically, man, you're, I just said this, I just told you before you hit record, but when it comes to shoes, when it comes to shoes in the whole sports world, at the very top of the food chain, in my opinion, it's Nick DePala from ESPN. How, just in your life, how, how excited are you to do this job? Oh, I mean, it's it's pretty awesome. I was always uh, one of those guys that came into this industry and came into this this world because I was playing basketball myself and always into sneakers. And then I think I was about fifteen when I realized, uh, as a player, I didn't really have much potential. So, so then it becomes, how do you shift to being around the game? And so, just still being connected to the game in that regard um, and and covering it on the other side has been amazing. So, Luka Doncic, the whole shoe thing. This has been a thing that, man, tweets, conversations, conversation at games. It's become a thing, just media before the game, of watching 
being on the court before the game and seeing all the media waiting to see what shoe he's going to wear before the game to warm up in or what shoes he has at his locker. And now that he's obviously landed with Jordan. I kind of want to go backwards a little bit to his first contract with Nike. I think it was 2017 Real Madrid. How did that contract, how did it play out when it, you know, it ends in two years and how did that negotiation thing happen to where Nike kind of let him be a free agent. Yeah, so it's it's pretty typical on the on the NBA side when a guy's a rookie, they'll do like a four or five year deal. Um, but on the European side, you know, we saw the same thing with Chris Apps Porzingis, where guys will sign a deal while they're still playing in Europe, but it'll have a carryover. It, it won't have like an end date specifically tied to the NBA if they do go to the NBA. Um, so Porzingis had a four year deal when he was. I think 17 or 18 that ended right after his rookie year. And Luca only had a two-year deal, uh, basically covered the final season in Real Madrid and then his first year with the Mavericks. So uh, it's a super unique setup. And in Luca's case, um, you know, usually guys aren't, aren't a free agent until about four or five years into their career. And what better timing for him to come off of a rookie of the year season where, you know, right or wrong, there were definitely doubts about him going into the draft and, Obviously, within a matter of games, his rookie year, it was, you know, everybody kind of knew what level of player he was going to be. But the way that they timed it and were lucky to have it end right after his rookie year and then kind of played it out a little into that October-November window, I mean, it's one thing to be the rookie of the year. It's another to all of a sudden be in the MVP conversation and, and be putting the Mavericks back on the map in the playoff race. And I think that's where things just got crazy and escalated just pretty much overnight. So do you think his camp kind of planned it this way to where you know like you said most rookies they get drafted and it's a whole negotiation thing and brands wanting them and all that stuff to where Luca got to play his first year and then he was a free agent do you think they planned that back in 2017 yeah definitely I think whether it was last year right away when he was first eligible to go to the NBA or if he were to stay with Real another year they didn't want to lock themselves into anything long term because you know, the reality is you're looking at maybe a couple hundred thousand dollars in the Europe if you're playing in Europe just because of the market and, and just the difference in how TV and, and, and just, you know, sneaker culture in general there versus if you're a all-star level player in the NBA, now you're talking millions per year. So, um, you know, they, they definitely wanted to keep it to a short-term length just to get that flexibility. The one thing that was really unique is, you know, all the shoe deals basically – it's kind of like restricted free agency. So the brands have a match clause. Um, so even though the deal technically expired October 1st and he's able to then, you know, wear some Under Armors, practice in Pumas, kind of wear some other stuff, no matter what, if he signed another deal with, let's say, Puma, you know, Nike is still going to have the ability to, to have 10 days to decide to match on that. So, um, yeah, I thought it was a great strategy on their part. I mean, it, it, it's a bet on yourself type of move in terms of, you know, wanting to be up again for a new deal sooner. Um, but that's the kind of confidence he had going into that rookie year, and we, we saw how that played out. I remember asking him last year when he first got to Dallas uh, just about his shoes, because I like shoes. I used to work for Nike back in the day, and so I, I just I was fascinated with how this shoe thing was going to go for him. And, you know, last year when he first came into Dallas, he said, hey, you know, I got a year left, and, you know, play this year out. And ever since his contract, you know, ended this past fall, I asked him, I said, hey, I'm, I'm just shopping around, basically. I'm looking around. I'm just going to try everything out. I can wear whatever I want. And 
you know, he, he obviously waited out a bit. We're in January now. The Jordan deal happened, you know, a little bit ago. What do you think about his decision to sign with Jordan at the time he did? Could he have waited this thing out all year? Um, how much more money did he get from now compared to if he signed at the beginning of the season or right out after October? What do you think about the timing of that in, in the middle of the season kind of? Well, him, him playing out the first two months of the year was definitely to his benefit. Um, you know, I think the one thing with sneaker deals is there's a wide range in terms of, like, what the base number is, what the incentives land on. You know, you could get so many different incentives between making the All-Star game, making the playoffs, and then different accolades from there with All-NBA. Um, and then there's also different bonuses for, you know, points, rebounds, things like that per game. So there's a lot of different bonuses in there, and I think how he plays out the year um, – you know, remains to be seen in terms of what he can achieve. But but I really liked the strategy to wait for the first month or two because, you know, I've been covering, and I like to think I started kind of the, the coverage of the sneaker free agent. Oh, you stuff, did. But, you did for sure. But, but it was like when I, you know, back in like 2013, 14, when it was Blake Griffin and Dwayne Wade and Steph Curry and some of those guys, it was such a like small audience really even understanding what it meant to be a sneaker free agent and that term alone people used to laugh about you know yeah <laughs> and so i think the the way that luca played out the first two months and where we are now with the media coverage and, and just kind of twitter's appetite for it and and accounts like nba kicks and, and things on instagram that are covering every single night every single game uh that was all great for his awareness his visibility and i think from from the nike jordan side I think for them, it kind of created the urgency that they didn't want to let him get away. Um, you know, you saw how he was playing. You saw the shots that he was taking. I think every brand looks for a variety of factors with guys, but the biggest one is, like, does the guy have the ball in his hands and does he want to make the play at the end of the game? And and Luca checks all that on top of being an all-star, on top of, you know, jersey sales figures, things like that. So um, his game right out the gate the first month or two, I think took a dramatic turn from not just being a rookie of the year and maybe an all-star, but to like, he's in that conversation of MVP with Giannis and LeBron right now. So um, I think that only amplified Nike's kind of hesitancy to, to let him go. Um, And so that was, that was a big thing. And I think for him too, he's been pretty outspoken in terms of, of love and Jordan brand and and that being an aspirational thing for him growing up in terms of wanting to wear the shoes and, and get pairs. And it's interesting because Jordan itself is going through a huge reset. You know, they they signed Zion and and Rui Hachimura in the draft. They they brought Jason Tatum over from Nike, and now they brought Luca over from Nike. So like, just in a matter of six months, they've gotten a, a much kind of more global, more young, um, more hopeful kind of group of intact too. So uh, it's an exciting time for the brand, and I think for Luca, it's it's a it's a good decision if you kind of really want to rely on the marketing power of nike that's what they're known for obviously with just great campaigns but but the kind of flip side of it is you know if you go to puma are you the face of puma and what's the balance of 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 that one so i think it's always a tough balance i think zion kind of faced those same questions with do you want to be you know the head dog in a small group or or really kind of elevating the jordan brand as a as a team you know a featured team guy Um, so i think that's that's kind of the decision he had to come to you mentioned Puma with Zion. When we look at the other brands that were interested in Luca, who are the brands that were pushing hard for Luca? And if he didn't go with Jordan or Nike, who do you think he would have ultimately landed with? 
I think Puma would have been a great fit. Um, you know, they do obviously have a European heritage, and uh, he likes low tops. I think from a sneaker standpoint, from a style standpoint, it would have worked really well. But, um, you know, they're also, like, just really fun in terms of how they bring their marketing to life. And I think they would have come up with some creative stuff too. But I think if you look at, you know, whether it's the Olympics around the corner and just, like, the global – just the global muscle the Jordan brand has. I mean, they could put Luca in their Unite campaign for All-Star Weekend and, you know, really, really explode things for him uh, in terms of visibility and stuff. So it's a toss-up. I mean, I think the other one in the mix that obviously he wore it was um, was Under Armour, and he had, I think, the 42-point triple-double career high the first game in the um, in the Sour Patch Curry 7s, you know. So that was, that was kind of a big moment for that shoe, even though he was not under contract, obviously. But... Um, I think those were kind of the three in the mix. Um, you know, Adidas was kind of quiet throughout the process. They're trying to re- trying to establish Donovan and, and, and uh, Donovan Mitchell's signature shoe and kind of you know, are really excited about what they have with Trey Young. Um, but they weren't as aggressive. And then I think for Luca's standpoint, he was really, you know, focused on doing a deal with a brand that was going to be utilizing him in the U.S. versus possibly going the China route. Mm. Um, there's a lot of guys that have had a ton of success going the China route. Um, you know, they've, they've done deals that are, you know, great value deals, things like that. But just because he's so young and hasn't yet made an imprint in the U S marketing wise, I think his, his focus was really on partnering with a brand here in the U S. So with the Jordan stuff, the specifics of the Jordan deal, what can you tell us about years, money, what it all entails for Luca and Jordan? So, you know, it's, it's by all accounts, it's a five-year deal, um, which is very standard for an extension coming off of, of, you know, at any point of your rookie contract. Uh, there's some cases where guys will do a seven-year deal. So Porzingis, for example, got a seven-year deal. Uh, you know, sometimes signature guys, they, they, they'll do a longer-term deal just because, you know, you want to really build the shoot together but then not have the deal end. You want to make sure it's, you know, got a handful of years there for a shoot to come out. Um but for Luca, it's a five-year deal, and, and it's not necessarily a signature deal, but it's also, you know, the potential for him to earn that is very realistic. Um, it's a great time for him to come to the brand because of the transition they're kind of in. You know, they're going from the the Ray Allen and the, you know, the Carmelo and the Chris Paul kind of era where, where CP and, and Melo's signature shoes are phasing out to right now Russ is the only current signature shoe. Um, and then potentially Zion and potentially Luca will have a shot around the corner. So, you know, those guys are both 19 and 20 and it's kind of an open slate for them with the brand. Um, if, if he's the MVP level of player that everybody expects him to really continue to be, uh, then I don't see why that wouldn't be the case in terms of them, you know, putting, putting more effort into, into doing a signature shoe. So right now the plan, uh, is the Air Jordan 34 for the whole season along with the Diamond Low, which, I think it's just performance preference. It's a little a little lighter of a shoe, a little lower to the ground in parts. Uh, but the 34, I mean, I don't know if you've seen, but yes, yeah. I mean, guys around the league, all positions, all sizes, it's it's a really good hoop shoe. Um, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's just that Luca likes a lower color or what, whatever the reason may be, but he's, he's opted with that diamond uh, low instead. But uh, I think the case for now is he'll wear both those. He'll have some player-exclusive colorways that start to filter in you know, all-star window into late February, and then he'll wear the uh, player exclusives throughout the rest of the year. But uh, that signature conversation is, is definitely um, 
down the road and whether it's winning MVP, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not always incentive based. Like, you know, Kyrie won finals MVP, I think in new Orleans all-star and that really pushed the needle to, to go forward on Kyrie one. Uh, there's been some other scenarios where players have have really had a signature shoe that was sparked by you know a playoff run or something like that. But. How did Paul George get his? Because I were I was working for Nike at the time when Kyrie mm-hmm. got his, and I remember it just with the company, and, and I wasn't high up with them at all. But I just remember how big of a deal when Kyrie uh, kind of co- converted over to that signature you know, side. And how did how did Paul George get his signature when when you know Giannis got the MVP and all that? It's like it seems like everyone everyone else hit a benchmark. What about Paul George though? Yeah, the Kyrie one. I mean, he was the I, I think the twenty first Nike signature basketball shoe. So like you know, as many years as they've been doing it, it's a small family still. So it's it's extremely you know high clout territory there and. And obviously Kyrie was coming off of being on a bad Cavs team, but then LeBron joined right as the shoe was launching. But but I think a lot of it was just his handles, his excitement. When it comes to PG, I mean those Pacers years, they were going head to head with the with the Heat, you know. And I think that dunk on Birdman Anderson, like he mm-hmm. had some moments of just explosiveness where I think everybody at Nike felt that you know you were looking at you know one of the best two way players in the league and. Kobe was, you know, on the t- on the downturn of his career in that 2014-ish window, you know, and obviously, you know, closing closing out the last couple of years. So, I think everybody at Nike just was really excited about where PG was going and and that he was going to be that next great wing player. Um, you know, he, his deal, his rookie deal, was coming up, I believe, in 2014. So that was part of it. Was as part of the extension. You know, to Paul's credit, he probably he probably could have got more money if he really wanted to play it out and 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 really go out and, and see what else was out there offer wise. But but he loves Nike. He's always loved wearing Kobe stuff. He's always loved loved the brand and and so as part of that extension, I think everybody was excited to extend early and and incorporate the signature shoe into it. Um, the shoe was actually delayed. I forget if it was eight months, if not a full year, because he obviously had that, um, just that real unfortunate injury at the FIBA camp in 2014. But, um, but he's on his fourth shoe as he debuted last week and, and they've been, they've all been happy with the line so far. Going back to Jordan with Luca money wise. Do we know, I had heard that it was around Zion, what Zion was five years, I think what 45 or something through there. Is it around that number for Luca? Uh, it's, I don't want to go into the two specifics on the Luca number cause it's, I think it's just a little below that, but I mean, the Zion one is, is potentially even higher with all the incentives. That's um, true. So you're, I mean, you know, and, and I think to Zion's credit, I mean, he had some just incredible offers that were coming in between Puma and, and, uh, leaning and just every, you know, everybody that was at the table there. But, um, but I, th- I think for Luca too, the, the interesting scenario is, Yes, it's a Jordan deal, but I'm kind of looking five years out when, you know, LeBron and KD and and Kobe and potentially PG, when those lines are kind of, you know, phasing out and you've got on the Nike side just Giannis left. Um, you know, I wouldn't rule it out that, that, you know, Luca could have a, you know, major signature Nike basketball shoe and basically shift back at some point. Hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see how that all plays out because, you know, Nike's thing is, they didn't want to lose him to Puma or a competitor, and so it's it makes sense right now to really have him help to reignite, you know, the youth movement that that's kind of resetting over at Jordan. But um, 
keeping him within the family altogether, I think, is really interesting and, and where that heads, we'll see. Is Jordan Brand viewing him as kind of the head guy of the brand now or of this young class, or is he just one of the guys with Zion and Tatum and uh, and them? Yeah, I think there's kind of two different silos. So you've got, you know, CP and Mello and kind of like the old guard of, of just great guys that have been there their whole career for the most part. Um, I think Russ Westbrook is definitely the what would be considered the current face in terms of signature guys. Um, you know, him, him on the Rockets, we'll see where that team lands in the playoffs and, and where they go. But, I mean, he's he's been great, and they've been really excited about you know him, him now launching his third shoe. But I think you go into that young guns class of, you know, four guys between Zion, Jason Tatum, Rui Hachimura, and Luka. Like, that's the four guys that they look at as – really really setting the foundation for the future of the brand and I think the interesting thing is so many players at Jordan brand have always been you know when you think of like Ray Allen Eddie Jones like really like scoring two guards that were you know somewhat inspired or influenced by Michael mm-hmm. and I think now we're seeing a shift where you know it's just it's just a Jordan brand it's not so much like Michael yes is the face forever and always that'll be his logo but you know, I think they're trying to really dimensionalize it in terms of position, in terms of where these guys are coming from globally, um, and and then you know playing style and footwear. So it's it's going to be interesting to see if if they're really able to make a mark to those four guys uh, going into the twenty twenties. What does off the court perks look like for Luca and Jordan Brand? Just for people and listeners wondering what it's like to be you know a Jordan Brand athlete or Nike or anything. Is it pretty much whatever retro, whatever Jordan shoe he wants, he can get at any time? So I loved asking this question to Jason Tatum, who, who switched over over the summer. He They basically finalized the deal at like the end of a week, and the following Monday he said he had like 50 boxes that showed up. Cool. Um, so I think, you know, and that's, that's the one thing with Jordan Brand that, you know, everybody that's ever been with the brand, um, you know, there's guys that, that take less money, and and you know it's it's not really about the money it's more about the family atmosphere Mm. um there's a few things behind the scenes that jordan does that you know is pretty rare for a brand so like basically every summer whether it's the bahamas whether it's mexico um last summer they all went to monaco um out in europe but basically every single jordan athlete will go they'll bring you know their wife their girlfriend family member and they just have like a getaway for the guys and, and and, and girls as well with, with the WNBA side um, and all athletes. And, and they just have, like, this great, like, summit. And I think it's stuff like that that people always behind the scenes really call out in terms of, you know, what it means to be a part of the Jordan Jordan group. You know, there's only about 30 guys in the NBA that are with Jordan. Uh, they are looking to ramp that up a little bit, whereas I think Nike has about 67 68% of the NBA, so it's obviously a huge stable on the other side. Um, and so the Jordan group has always been pretty close-knit. Um, you know, I think the thing that we're seeing, whether it's with the Jordan 34s that Tatum and Blake Griffin are wearing or, you know, some of the other stuff, but but they're, they're getting really hands-on in terms of, like, really ramping up with no color rules now in the league, all the different colorways, all the different stories you could tell. So um, I think from a behind-the-scenes standpoint for Luca, you know, definitely access to every single shoe that's ever releasing right now is, is the number one easiest thing. You know, that's, you know, overnight you're going to have just endless boxes showing up at your spot. Um, but then how they work with you to build out your colors, build out your storytelling. I think that's the part that's going to be exciting for him that they take a lot of care with and a lot of pride with. 
So I, I want to kind of go down a level just a little bit when you're talking yeah. about signature and player exclusive. We've gotten a ton of questions on the pod from listeners of, across the world of trying to understand this signature player exclusive thing. Can you just pl- explain in simple terms what it what the difference of Luca being a player exclusive, getting PEs compared to not being a signature athlete yet? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's funny because I remember tweeting about uh, I forget who it was, and I also don't want to throw him under the bus, but like I think the biggest misconception is, you know, when I ha- when I have a tweet that says like so and so signed a multi year shoe deal with whatever brand. Um, people are like, oh, why would they do a shoe for that guy? But it's it's there's a there's a difference between being an endorser and then a signature guy. So so right now there's only 16 guys in the league that have their own signature shoe. And if you look at Giannis, for example, um, you know that's a shoe they worked for two years on. All the font types are specific to him. All the colorways are themed out. All the design elements, you know, everything is basically rooted in what he wants for his game. Everything's designed in tandem with him. I mean, it's a it's a true signature partnership, a true signature shoe in terms of, you know, a, a, it's not just a, a new shoe that's slapping his name on it. Like they really get after it and, and work on it together. Um, and so the player exclusive difference is that's just a a player exclusive, um, you know, custom colorway basically of an existing statement shoe. So for Jordan Brand, you have the Air Jordan Thirty Four. Um, for Nike in the past, you had Hyperdunk and, and things like that. That is the team shoe. Um, so the player exclusive is just a, a customized colorway. Sometimes they'll incorporate like a, a player logo on the tongue, but it's not necessarily that guy's like, you know, shoe itself. It's it's just a, a customized version of that team shoe. Uh, so it's, it's a big difference. It's a huge difference. Um, and then from a contract standpoint, you know, a signature shoe, you get a 5% royalty on every single sale. Uh, whereas a PE is a colorway you're wearing on the floor that's not necessarily at retail. So, you know, the availability is a lot different too. But, um, you know, there's 450 guys in the league, only 16 signature shoes, and around 70% of the league is wearing a signature branded shoe. So you've got, like, over 40 guys wearing Kyrie stuff, you know, 50 guys are wearing Kobe stuff. So once you have a signature shoe, the visibility of all the guys around the league that are also wearing it, I think that's where your branding kind of takes another step and, and um, you know, your, your awareness level is that much higher. With Luca, you, you mentioned team or players having their logos on shoes. Do you know if Jordan Brand will come up with their own work with Luca for a new logo for him? Or I know he has kind of a logo now that he uses with like his own website and stuff, but mm-hmm. do you know anything about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't speak specifically to you know, what their timeline is, but, um, they, they basically develop a, what they call a brand identity mark for, for all their guys. Um, so, you know, Jimmy Butler signed with Jordan brand and, and they had a, a logo for him. Um, you know, basically almost every single guy, you know, Jason Tatum, Blake Griffin, like all those guys have a player mark, uh, whether it's using it on different shirts for basketball camps, just different things for the guys. So that's definitely in the works. Um, you know, I would assume when they were meeting with Luca, that was something that they talked about was, you know, what do you, what do you think you represent? You know, I think the, the biggest thing that brands are trying to get away from is just like an LD 77 logo. Yeah. You, know, you want something that speaks to, you know, elements of your life or obviously his, his background in Slovenia, things like that, that tell more of a journey story than just like a distinct, um, you know, initials and numbers. So, 
Um, it's, it's something that you could definitely expect to see. I don't know if it'll be ready in time for something like All-Star Weekend or even the playoffs this year. That might be something that, that comes next fall. Um, but they, they do that for all their guys, and that's definitely pretty standard. Last Luca your question. How do you think a Luca won – if he lands a signature deal, well, I say if, let's just say when, when Luca gets a signature shoe, you know, a lot of people are talk about just how the Giannis, you know, the Greek Freak One shoes he's selling, or you know, these different signature shoes, whether it's Mitchell's at, you know, for Adidas. But how do you think, just worldwide and America, how a Luca One signature shoe would sell? So that's to me, that's the most intriguing question of all because if you look at Jordan Brand as, I mean. You know, you, me, anybody we know has Mad Jordans in their collection, but not necessarily a ton of the Jordan signatures, uh, whether it's Carmelo, CP. You know, I, I'm not like going out of my way to, to I'm not stepping on any toes, I don't think, to, to say that they have struggled at times with signature shoes. Um, and so I think that's the challenge for them. And that's something they're excited for, If whether it's, you know, for Zion and Luke as well as like basically resetting the the past expectation of what it was to have a Jordan signature shoe. I think the thing for Luca that that we've seen that I think all the brands were excited about is he loves wearing loud colors. He loves wearing like vibrant stuff. Uh, he's not shy at all when it comes to, you know, standing out on the floor, uh, whether that's wearing an all neon shoe with the just standard blue jerseys or wearing, he wears red shoes a lot, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think visibility wise, I think he would have a lot of fun with it, and that's something people are excited about. I think most likely it'd be a low top um, and be something that's pretty performance based. But, but I think for him, um, if if a shoe were to come out, you know, we're looking maybe two to three years down the road, he might be in that MVP conversation as a you know basically perennial All Star starter at that point. And so I think from a from a fan standpoint, he's going to be established to to carry a shoe at that point. I think. I think that was the conversation over the summer was, you know, some brands didn't feel he could be a signature guy. Uh, others were the opposite and felt very strongly that he could definitely carry something like that. So uh, it's just a matter of him getting more time to establish himself. And then, um, you know, I think I think the biggest thing, too, is just as Jordan brand, you know, has, has Russ, has Zion, has Luca, um, you know, they're, they're going to do all they can to, to really give him a lot of energy throughout these next couple of years. And I, I think whether it's, you know, I think he was what 13th in Jersey sales last year. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he beat out LeBron in all-star votes. Like we're already seeing some of the traditional metrics that you look for in terms of popularity uh, that he's definitely checking the boxes on. And then I think, you know, you mentioned Giannis and, and that was such an interesting case study because Giannis was the first international guy to have a signature shoe with, with Nike. Um, and people weren't sure like what the response would be in terms of if people would be into you know for whatever reason if they were weren't familiar with him or and obviously he's he's a household name at this point and, and the shoe has done great so I think all the you know the the hesitancy of doing a European signature in the past I think that's definitely out the window um, so it remains to be seen you know what what Luca does to achieve that but I don't think there's going to be any um, I don't. I don't think there'd be an issue with it. I think he would have a. I think if it's in three years or so, I think he would do great. All right, I have five rapid fire questions for you, and it's All right. it's not about Luca. It's personal preference stuff for you and stuff around the okay. league. Who has the best shoe game in the league? Oh, that's the easiest question ever. It's got to be PJ. I was gonna say if you say anybody else I mean, besides I, PJ, I'll be I know surprised. I know PJ pretty well, and like. You know, I'm I'm because personally for me, I'm still tracking down all kinds of random shoes, and I'm always trying to see what's out there. And 
Like he'll literally get stuff that you know a friend at Nike that worked on says there's five pairs in existence and how the hell did he get them? You know, it's like stuff that's like like mind blowing that he pulled it off to like track something down. And and I you know it's just there's there's some stuff that he gets and obviously you know he's he's checking all over the world for stuff and and I think PJ told me once he's he's texting like two to three hours a day trying to track stuff down. So. <laughs> Um, he's, he's one of my favorites. And then I, I love Montrez Harrell on the Clippers. I, I was able to go to his house and see his collection. And he just has a, a pure love for, for like the stuff that he's into, which is unique. Um, whether it's Reeboks and ones, like he just comes at it from a really good angle too. Is he still uh, with and N1? He's not, um, you know, they had a, you know, they, they basically signed a deal over the summer. I think he I don't know if he was familiar with the turnaround time. That's pretty typical, which is usually, you know, sometimes 10 months to 14 months in terms of custom stuff. Mm. So once the season got, got closer, I think he was kind of like itching. Cause he, you know, he switches out at halftime for the most part, every game. Yeah. yeah. So, I, so I think he was like, well, Hey, where's all the shoes that I was expecting? And they're like, Oh, well it's, you know, it's going to take you know a few months. And, and so, so they ended up breaking the deal, but he still rocks and ones, you know, every, every so often get from, from time to time uh, in games and, and the relationship's fine. I think it was just a difference of the timing, but uh, he's, he's great. And then I think Langston Galloway is the other one I love because um, he wears all kinds of cool stuff and, and has a great collection off the floor, but then he's got his own kind of unique signature pseudo signature setup with uh, you know, a smaller brand called Q4 sports and he does all kinds of custom paint and stuff. So uh, he has a lot of fun with it too, and it's just another great dude. So those those three are probably my favorites. I'm on, I, I got to check out Galloway now. I didn't know anything about that. Every game he's got like super. There's a guy named Andrew Lewis in Vegas that does these incredible customs for him, and they got some really funny themes they come up with. So it's it's definitely worth checking out. All right, Jimmy Butler and Jordan Brand. They're no longer together. Which brand signs Jimmy Butler? Uh, it's, I think it's Puma versus Way of Wade. Um, and and both both brands make great perfect sense. I think it'd be a great fit, and would do exciting stuff for him. Whether it's Puma kind of embracing the the funny narrative at times about Jimmy being kind of okay. you know a, a different kind of a dude, um, or obviously the way of Wade connection would be incredible with with his ties to D Wade and both of them going to Marquette and, and him being kind of the lead lead guard in Miami now. So um, I, I'll be curious to see what that what happens there. I think it's going to play out over the next month, and, and maybe he'll land something before the All-Star game. Best signature shoe in the game right now? Oh, man. Um, or your favorite? That's tough. You know, I, I got to – I'm trying to – I need to get a pair of the Kobe 5 Pro Tros to play in. Uh, hoop-wise, I think that's going to be my pick. But uh, I like the Kyrie 6 a lot. You know, I think they do a great job with some of the colors. Um, and then performance-wise, the Kyrie stuff has been incredible. And then I think the Harden 4 was a really good shoe. Um, I, the 3 was a little – you know, basic in a way, and, and wasn't too compelling. I didn't think design wise, and I thought the four was a big upgrade. Uh, and then for me, that my 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 definite favorite though, I I love the Freak One. I think the Freak One is a sick shoe. Um, I was I've been surprised of how how many players come through Dallas and just seeing different players, you know, that wears the Freaks and JJ Barea, Dwight Powell on the Mavericks. They both love them. They play in them almost every single game. But I, I feel like I see them across the league quite often. Yeah, I counted up every single player that wore the Kobe 4 uh, throughout every single game of the year, which is exactly as fun as it sounds probably. But <laughs> I gotta, I'm gotta, i going to go through and do that on the Freaks because I, I feel like it's getting to like the 70 to 80 player range number. Like there's a lot of guys wearing them. 
And whether it's the black-white, which was just the first colorway, which I thought looked awesome and was really clean, or, um, like, when they when they launched it on Nike ID, I went and did two, two colors, like, right off the top. I think that's what you're seeing. A lot of the guys are wearing some really cool ID colorways, too. So uh, it's it's a great design. It's pretty simple, but then that backward swoosh and how oversized it is. That's uh, what it does. It just stands out. You know, and I, I remember one of the guys at Nike was telling me, he was like, well, the whole idea was, like, if Giannis's game looks like nothing on the court in terms of his size and his skill, then like his shoes should look like nothing on the court either. Mm. And I, I thought that was such a cool kind of like light bulb, you know. So, so that was kind of the idea with the swoosh. Um, there's no mistaking that shoe, and, and we're seeing guys all around the league really liking it. Your personal favorite retro Jordan? Oh man, um, you... the elevens. The elevens is such an easy answer, but. Um, I love the playoff 12s and the Indiglo 14s, which those two might not be everybody's picks, but um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect that. you to pick a 14, but here you are. There's something with that black and white and that little hit of neon. Um, the, the Indiglo 14 is one of the cleanest, like greatest designs ever. Uh, playoff 12, just from a read standpoint, just really stands out and is, and is just a, you know, a bold design with the leather too is, is real nice. So, I love those. I mean, I, obviously, everybody likes the threes, the fours, the ones, but um, you know, I I think to like that that eleven to fourteen run where you know Mike's stuff was in a different stratosphere, innovation and tech and design wise, and and obviously that Bulls run at that moment was nuts. So uh, that that's my favorite era for sure. All right, last one. You can only wear one brand for the rest of your life. A brand came up to you and said, "We'll offer you a lifetime contract. Which brand would you pick?" You gotta. Is every brand offering the same number? That's different. every brand's offering the same number. Everything. Every brand's on the table. You can only wear one brand the rest of your life. I mean, I, I think you know this, everybody would say Nike Inc. And you know, we didn't talk about that with Luca, but like, I would have liked for Converse to have been in the conversation with him with Converse coming back too. But um, you know, I, I think for him, you know, maybe it's too awkward with the Larry Bird connection or whatever, but. I think Converse would have been a really interesting strategy and kind of caught people off guard. And, and, and then it also as I mean, I, I love Kelly Uber and Kelly's doing great with them. That's a great partnership too. But if you had Kelly and Luca, that's, that's an interesting tandem, but you know, Nike Inc contract wise, you know, then you have your Jordan access, your, uh, your Converse access and, and you're probably sitting pretty nice on a collection. But I mean, I, I have tons of shoes from every brand and I wear all kinds of stuff all the time. And, you know, lifetime deal-wise, it's, it's tough to turn down. <laughs> all right, Nick. Man, I've, I've kept you too long. I really appreciate everything. You gave us all insight into this Luca thing. And thanks for doing what you do because uh, I know I enjoy following you. I enjoy uh, seeing all the shoe coverage and all that stuff. And uh, you're the man. You're at the top of the food chain, like I said, coming full circle. So thanks so much for coming on the pod, man. No, I appreciate it. As you can imagine, I uh, I could talk shoes for a while, so always fun to hop on. And, and I think, like you're saying, Jimmy is the next big dog up, so we'll see where he lands. And you got you got Tim McMahon taking pictures of shoes before the game, and that's a big thing right now. So My favorite thing pregame is Tim sending me photos saying, what the hell are these? <laughs> uh, I bet he does. I've been I've been so curious <laughs> on how he knows what, ga- what shoes that he's tweeting out, and now I know. But I t- I'll tell you what, Tim's Tim's got some style on it, man. Like I forget where we were, but he's got like whether it's Chuck's superstars, like he's, he's he always jokes. He's like, I like the classics, so he's he's got a little rotation down. So so I like it, and and um, he's he's definitely been keeping tabs on Luca as as the season was going on, and that was super fun just to see what he was rocking. Well, next time you come to Dallas, reach out. We'll try to connect. I appreciate it, Nick.
All right. Thanks a lot, man. See you, bro.